evidence of a spirit-led life. What what is what is some of what what are some of the factors? What are some of the things? What what is some of the evidence um, that you and I are living a spirit-led life? Romans chapter eight verse fourteen says that those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God, and, and that's who we want to be. Okay, we we don't want to uh, be using, if you will, God's plan of redemption to to uh, as a get out of hell free card. We want to have a real relationship with God, man. We we want to develop a, 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 an intimacy with Him. We want to hear from Him, not just when we're reading His Word. Certainly, we want to learn and hear from His Word, but we also want to have that ongoing relationship, ongoing conversation with the person of the Holy Spirit. We want to be led by the Spirit of God. We want to hear His voice clearly. We won't, don't want to be deceived. We don't want to hear, listen to another voice. We, we want to be able to identify exactly when the Lord is speaking to us. So I, I asked this question this week of several people, and I'm asking it of you right now if you're watching or in the future whenever you're watching. Um, what comes to mind when someone says they are Spirit-led? Uh, if it's true, if the scripture in Romans 8, 14 is true, that many are led by the Spirit of God, then they're the children of God, then it should be an important question for all of us to, to be asking. What does that look like? What is a Spirit-led life? You know, I, what are the factors? What, 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 what can I look at myself and say, yeah, man, I, I, I am living a life led by the Spirit of God. Now, the Bible teaches that every believer has the Spirit of God. You can't come to Jesus except that the Holy Spirit draws you. And so as he draws you and, and convicts you and brings you to a place of your recognition for salvation and your recognition for repentance, and then you do, and, and you enter into that relationship with him, uh, even then after, after that, I'm talking about a true born-again experience, even after that, it is possible to walk in the flesh instead of the Spirit. It's possible to pursue, pursue the things of this world and this world system. Again, we got to make a decision, not a one-time thing. we got to make a consistent decision that we're going to surrender ourselves to God, that we're going to uh, yield to Him, that, that, that we're going to submit to His will, His plan, His purpose, His way, uh, and, and not fall back into the patterns of the flesh. So I ask, what does it look like? What does a spirit feel like? What are some of the... the the, 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 what is some of the evidence of uh, a spirit-filled life? So I, I won't use names or anything tonight, but I, I will say this uh, as far as the responses go. Uh, this, this is what uh, some of the answers uh, that I received uh, in regards to this title, uh, uh, this topic is. So what does it look like? One person said, walking in love toward those who may have wronged you. So I would say that certainly would be evidence of a spirit-led life when you're, when you're not uh, harboring ill will, you're not holding on to animosity, you're not holding on uh, to bitterness, definitely. Uh, another said that peace will be evident in your heart regardless of outward circumstances. And see, that's what's so great about having a relationship with God. And it's really the, the defining line, if you will, between joy and happiness. The Bible's not calling us to happiness. The Bible's calling us to joy. Jesus didn't say, I'm leaving with you happiness. He said, I'm leaving with you joy, my joy. Joy and happiness are so different because, let's be honest, happiness is determined by circumstances. We can be happy one minute, sad the next happy another, glad, happy, mad, happy, whatever, man. And, and, and in all honesty, we can be happy sinning. We can be happy doing things that are contrary to God's word, contrary to his will. Long term, there's no joy in that. And there's certainly not 
uh, any benefit in that. But we can experience brief bouts of happiness. Joy is something completely different, man. Joy is something that's gifted to us by God. Nothing can take it away from us. Circumstances can't take it. It's not dependent upon how someone treats us. It's not dependent upon how much money we got in the bank. It's not dependent on anything other than the fact that the Holy Spirit has placed that in your heart. So I'm grateful for that, uh, for that gift of God. Um, other responses, the evidence of a spirit-led life is meekness. Reference made here to Galatians 5.23. Meekness is not weakness, but strength that is gentle and humble. Because Jesus was meek, the most vulnerable of people were able to approach him. That was actually submitted by my oldest daughter, Hannah E. Johnson. And I'm like, man, there's certainly a truth from that. And, and my second-born daughter, Sarah Brooke Johnson Arambula, <laughs> is, uh, she said evidence of spirit-filled life, freedom, life itself, and peace. Some other responses that I got, some, from, some, some are just from friends of mine, some are from people that... That, that, that I'm partnered together with in life and ministry. Some are from pastors of other churches and, and, and people in other ministry positions walking in love towards those who may have wronged you, and, and you'll see some repetition in, in some of this. Um, peace will be evident in your heart, as we said, regardless of circumstances. Continual thankfulness towards God. You know, the Bible says in all things give thanks to God. That's, that's his will for us, Okay. Not necessarily that all things that happen to us are in God's will. You know, we do have an enemy here. We do have a system that's resisting God, and, and, and some things contrary to God's best happen. But God's desire is for us to always maintain a thankful heart regardless. Another person said this, that the fruit of the Spirit uh, would be manifested daily in your life, even while knowing how hard that can be. The fruit of the spirit, you know, we can read about it, and and the the the, the there's a change in one's outlook. Uh, Trace Tracy, that's one of my points when when I get through uh, uh, with with what the folks have shared, and I get into a few points. That that might be the first one on me, but it it's one of mine. So great answer, Tracy. The change in one's outlook. Um, again, the fruit of the spirit, God's personality, God's characteristics, traits that are in us through the person of the Holy Spirit, and that can be developed in us and can be what comes out of us, hopefully by investing time in God and his word in prayer and learning and listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, then that's what's going to come out of us. Your Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. So whatever is in your heart, that's what's going to come out. So if you see somebody with a bunch of garbage coming out of their mouth all the time, you see gossiping, you see backbiting and backstabbing and all that, then you can know that what's in their heart is garbage. When you see love, when you see service, when you see joy, when you see a desire to be helpful, a desire to be a kingdom-minded person, then you know that person has been putting the Word of God in their heart. That person has been in prayer. That person has been spending time cultivating a relationship with the Holy Spirit and learning how to hear from Him. Another person said, peace and patience in the midst of waiting. I know some of you, maybe it's not as hard for you. I'm not naturally patient, uh, and, and, and I hate waiting. I really do, but it's all part of a faith walk, man. It's, faith cannot be built without building patience and without waiting. The Bible says as long as the earth remains, there'll be spring, summer, winter, and fall. Seed, time, and harvest. Seed, the planting, the sowing. Harvest, when it's here, but time, sometimes time looks like this, sometimes like this, sometimes like this, sometimes like this. 
Okay. Sometimes there's a, a little bit of time in between the sowing and the reaping. Sometimes there's a lot of time in between the sowing and reaping. Peace and patience in the midst of waiting. And this particular person said, especially when it seems like it's taking a lifetime in our perception of time. Remember in Habakkuk when the, when the Lord said, write the vision down and make it plain so that they that, that read it can run with it. And he talks about how uh, though it seems to tarry, wait for it, wait on it. Eventually, anything, Isaiah 55, 11, whatever comes out of the mouth of God is not going to return unto him void. It's going to accomplish what he desired it to accomplish. It's going to prosper in the area he intended it to prosper in. And so understand this. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change. If he said he's going to do it, if he's spoken, he's going to bring it to pass. Nothing that God has said, not one single promise of God is going to go uh, unfulfilled. And understand this. There's no expiration date on the promises of God. It's going to happen. It's going to be fulfilled. I'm going to tell a story, but I'm not going to tell it tonight. I'll tell another time uh, about that. Um, peace and patience in the midst of waiting, especially when it seems like it's taken a lifetime, and remaining faithful despite our prayers not being answered in our time. Isn't that what faith is? Isn't, isn't that just a perfect picture of faith? We continue to be faithful even though what we have prayed for is not coming to pass in the timing that we had wanted it to come to pass in. Faith, Hebrews 11 says, is the substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of things not seen or not yet seen. Uh, someone said this, uh, several thoughts about uh, evidence of a, a, of a spirit-led life that, uh, that you hear, that you receive, prophetic, pro prophetic, it's easy for me to say, words from the Holy Spirit, uh, also, we'll have favor in the eyes of man, but especially favor in the eyes of God. Another person said, good works that bring glory to God. Evidence of a life not centered on self. You, you're not living a spirit-led life if you're, if you're selfish. Now, we all have our moments, don't misunderstand me, but if your primary default is selfishness, uh, you can go ahead and check it off. You are not living a spirit-led spirit life. And, and so you need to open yourself up and say, Holy Spirit, search me, try me. What's going on in my heart? Show me why I have these selfish intentions and, and, and help me uh, to be able to move beyond this. Uh, compassion for others rather than judgment. I'd say that's definitely a good one. The ability to forgive quickly, not hold on to offense. Hey, Platt, John, and Deborah watching from Trustville, Alabama. What's up, Chad and Nauvoo, Alabama? I want to come out and hang out with you guys very soon, man. So happy. Man, what's going on at Prospect, at Chad Beavers and Sonia pastoring out in Nauvoo, man? It, they have got a phenomenal thing going on there. God is really, really, really moving in that community, and he's using those guys to, to make it happen. So good on you, brother. Proud of you both, man. All right, so here, here's my few, but we got some, a little bit of time left. Well, I don't want to forget what anyone said. Uh, the last one uh, from, from uh, receiving from friends and, and, and others, letting the Holy Spirit be your guide, being on the same wavelength as the Holy Spirit or being tuned in to the Holy Spirit, definitely evidence of a Spirit-led life. And so number one, I told you, Tracy, I thought it was number one on mine. Uh, there's a change in your outlook. The way you look at things is different. As a born-again believer, there's a fundamental change of our disposition and our outlook. Walking in the flesh will mask this change, but walking in the Spirit will highlight it and make it more evident. There will be a, more of a desire for spiritual things, such as loving fellow believers, growing in the knowledge of the Word of God, serving, etc. Someone not walking in the Spirit, then they find such things boring 
or, or worthless. And so they're not interested. But as we walk in the Spirit, we become more aware that this life is just a temporary pilgrimage and our true citizenship, not in the future, but even right now, is already in heaven. So we've got to ask ourselves the question, do we see ourselves becoming more detached from this world? The second thing that I have tonight is a desire to live for God's glory. Because, I mean, isn't the ultimate purpose of man to, to glorify God anyway? And, and Jesus came to glorify the Father, and we're told to glorify him by our good works. And, and in everything that we do, we've told, we're told that God will not share his glory with another one. So the more we're able to be led by the Holy Spirit, the more we fulfill our ultimate purpose. So we have to ask ourselves, are we experiencing a greater desire to glorify God. The third point that I had tonight is a desire for greater knowledge of God. Um, my experience growing up, you know, I, I grew up in the church and, and uh, spent my life there, and, and it was ingrained in me to, to attend church. Um, it Quite honestly, it didn't really matter how I was uh, living my life. Uh, I was probably going to be at a church service on a Sunday morning, and thank God for that. Uh, but But I know there was a long period of time in my life where I had no real desire to know more about God than what I already knew. Evidence of a spirit-led life is that we will have a desire to have a greater knowledge of God. The Holy Spirit is always pointing us to Jesus Christ, so the more we're being led by the Holy Spirit, the more we're going to have a desire to know God at a deeper level. i got my mom watching from Clay, Alabama. Hey, Mom. And my friend Kim Baker also watching from Clay, I assume Bubba's right there watching with her. There'll be a greater desire to study Scripture uh, than what we had before. Because, man, ultimately the Holy Spirit works through the Word of God, man. He, he works through it. And, and you can read the Bible, and you might can pick up some, some, some knowledge. You might be able to remember some things. But, man, when you're, when you're reading from a, a Holy Spirit-led perspective, there are times when things just literally jump off the page at you. And they go, they go from just being words on a page to becoming revelation in your heart, and, and that's a special time. Um, I think we also kind of struck with an urgent longing to pray. Um, so question we ask ourselves, do, do you see an increased hunger to know God? Do you see an increased hunger to, to know the Lord Jesus Christ through both Scripture and prayer? The fourth thing that, that I had tonight, and I had seven, and, and you can see I, mean, I, I gave a whole list that people had sent responses. There's all kind of potential answers here, and, and every answer that we received was fantastic. Those of you who are putting your answers up on the screen, those are great. Uh, the fourth thing is a concern for the lack of love for God. Um, when, when we're living a spirit-led life, um, we're convicted uh, by the fact that there's such a lack of, of respect for God, honor of God, desire for his word. I'm not talking about in the world. I'm talking about within the confines of those who call themselves Christ followers, call themselves believers, regular church attenders. It just just seems to be such a lack of love for God. And when you're, when you're walking that out, man, when you're living that spirit-led life, that, that, that hurts your heart because you know it hurts the heart of God. Um, the self-righteous person, you know what I mean when I say self-righteous, the, 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 the Pharisee spirit, the person that thinks they're there, they arrived, they're better than everybody else. Um, 
may believe that they that they love God the way that they should, but but a spirit led person realizes that we can never love God as much as He loves us, and we can never stop growing not just in our knowledge and our understanding of God, but in our love for God. And so there's a never ending longing to increase our love for Him. So question to ask ourselves is this: Do you plead with God to give you a deeper love for Him? In your prayer time, do you just say, man, God, do whatever you have to do in me so that I long for you, that I long for your word, that, that, that my heart is just passionate for you and, and that, that I love you. Another thing when it comes to uh, evidence of living the spirit-led life is an increasing awareness of sin. The more that we're led by the Holy Spirit, the more aware that we are of sin. Now, I'm not talking about having a sin consciousness versus, versus a righteousness confidence. Uh, what I'm saying is um, we're quicker to realize when we sin. We're quicker to feel the conviction. We're quicker to uh, respond in, in confession and in repentance. Uh, and, and that awareness of sin will lead us to, to, to literally at times mourning, you know, crying, hurting, confessing and repenting. And, and ultimately that, that draws us closer to God, because every time that there's true repentance, there's always restoration, which always leads to refreshing. And so thank God for that. You know, the closer we get to the light, uh, the more visible our imperfections become. So as we're drawing closer to God, the more aware we are of, of things like, oh, this doesn't really line up with, with what God wants in our life. And I'll say this to you. Um, there are things in your life that the Holy Spirit's going to reveal to you that in and of themselves, there's absolutely nothing wrong with them, but it's not for you, not for this season of life, not for this time. God's calling you on to something else or to something different. And, and that's part of, of maturing in a, in a walk with God and, and being able to uh, hear the voice of the Holy Spirit is we need to know not just to stay away from sin, but we need to know when there are things that, that seemingly are good and maybe a, a season in our life we were supposed to be in, involved in, we need to be able to hear that voice when God says it's time to move on. We need, we need to, to, to Brad, we need to be able to see that the cloud has moved. <laughs> and it's time for us to move with it. So question for you tonight, are you more aware of your sinfulness than you were a year ago? That, that's a good way, uh, a good litmus test, if you will, to say that over this past year, I've developed a, a closer walk with God. I, I, I'm leading more of a spirit-led life because now I'm more aware and I'm quicker to repent and to move on from those things. The, the sixth thing that I had for tonight was a different reaction to sin than what we had in the past and a sensitivity to temptation. Because the uh, Holy Spirit's working in us, there'll be more of a hunger and more of a thirst for righteousness. Uh, and, and as we're being led steadily onward by the Holy Spirit, then you know, our desires are for the things of God. Our yearnings are for the things of God. And, and so we understand that, um, first of all, we don't have to pretend that our sin doesn't exist. But we need to be aware of the temptation that is out there. Our righteousness is not from us anyway. It's from God, but he's given it to us, and he's gifted us, gifted us with it. And so, you know, confessing when we miss it, when we blow it, when we sin, being honest, repenting about it, instead of hiding it. The Bible says that, that whoever tries to hide their sin, they can't prosper. Only the ones that forsake it. And it drives us to flee temptation because we become more and more sensitive to the danger of sin. So question to ask ourselves, are you growing in your hatred of your own sin, not just someone else's, and taking proper steps to avoid it? Listen, 
I, I want to help you tonight watching this. Don't be mad about what I'm about to say. Hey, Jessica, good to see you watching on here. Um, before you start railing against someone else's sin, you, you need to look inwardly. You know, the, the scripture talks about, um, I'm going to paraphrase, why are you worried about that speck of sawdust in your brother's eye when you got a two-by-four sticking out of yours? <laughs> That's the Bo Johnson version, but you, you know what I mean. Last thing uh, is this, the fruit of the Spirit. One who is led by the Holy Spirit will increasingly manifest the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, you know, you know, you know, Galatians 5. These characteristics are brought about by the Holy Spirit, and they are contrary to natural man. These are not ungodly characteristics. These are literally God's personality traits. That's what the, the, the fruit of the Spirit is. It's God's personality. And it's in you as a Christ follower. You had that born-again experience. It's in you. The Holy Spirit's in you. And so now the thing is, well, we surrender enough and yield enough and submit ourselves enough to allow the Holy Spirit to develop those things so that they start to come out of us. That's when you start making an impact in your community, in your family, in the lives of those around you, your workplace, whatever, when, when the God stuff starts coming out of you. So questions to ask ourselves, are we prideful, are we hateful, are we quick-tempered, are we harsh, do we lack self-control? Do we, or do we see the Holy Spirit bringing about change when we are weak? So hopefully by the grace of God, we are striving to be spirit-led believers who display God's goodness and exalt his name in our lives. Listen, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you to everyone. If I, if I missed calling you out, I apologize. The, the thing sometimes scrolls before I get a chance to. Um, if you would do me a favor, like this, shoot a comment before you leave tonight. It, if you... up the amount of people that we are able to potentially reach you know I, I've got I don't know, a little little short of 3,000 Facebook friends obviously 3,000 aren't watching this podcast and you and I may have some friends in common but the truth is we the majority of the people who are your Facebook friends are not mine and vice versa and so we can help each other by by sharing one another's content and things that are valuable uh, to the kingdom and to those who will eventually be part of the kingdom so thank you for doing that Great to see all you guys here tonight. Hit me up, man. Send me a message. Shoot me a text, email, Facebook Messenger, any way you want to contact me. Tell me if you're getting anything out of this, anything you'd like to learn about, anything you'd like to hear about on upcoming shows. Take some time and, and view some of the other lineup on BGTV Studios. There's some fantastic content on there. Uh, thank you again for joining me. You guys are awesome. Have a great evening.